Welcome back, gentlemen. It's a pleasure to see you both again, to hear your voices. Yeah. We've reunited for another episode of The Tennis Tragic. We, we had to take a good break after after 50. We had to turn the music down, too, because um, this was a little annoying to some of our fans. They just want to hear our voices, you know? That's, that's the feedback we got. Yeah. I was actually surprised. I, I went, I went to a coaching session. I had some tennis coaching the other day, and um, the, one of the coaches said to the new coach, "Hey, have you listened to the tennis tragic yet?" Oh, wow! So the word is getting around, around the, the coaching circles of Marifal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> from your coach to the other coach to you. <laughs> That's good. I hope he passes it on to other people. Who yeah, those. like the the young dude said he would have a listen. So <laughs> oh, that's good. Excellent. I told him to listen to fifty. I said fifty's fifty's a pretty good episode. Fifty's pretty good. I kind of did screw up the edit and like the music was too loud. That was a valid complaint, and you know I went back and like touched it up. But but yeah, I thought I thought that was a lot of fun, uh, Matt. And I really haven't been following the tennis world that closely since then. Or it seems like. Every time I turn it on, it's kind of the same thing a lot. Like, I think I just haven't gotten sucked into the storylines. You know, it's like, ah, uh, Tsitsipas is in another final. Okay, it's Fiontek and Rabakina and Sabalenka. It just doesn't, it feels like a little static at the moment. Hmm. Alcaraz winning everything, which is actually I've, I've come around on. I'm pretty, pretty psyched about that. But uh, yeah, what, what about you, Al? Have you been paying attention? Uh, not I'm just saying not as closely. Um, yeah, I feel like I usually love the clay swing, but last year I just had a baby, so I just I was not able to pay attention. And then this year, um, I haven't been able to really stay up late to follow them, and then catching up the next day is not possible. So I just sort of missed this clay swing a bit, but tuned into Rome a little bit more, watched just a couple of matches there. Um, the earlier rounds are on at a good time for me to check in to some, so that was good. But uh, I've been keeping track of generally what's happening, but I haven't been really watching that much. Um, so maybe the quarterfinals or the and round two or three, whatever in Rome, which were which were pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah, that's all I've been seeing really. What about you, Matt? Um, well. I didn't, you know, yeah, and I've been looking at the results every day. That new app that David put me onto tennis, spelt without any vowels, um, is, yeah, it's a good one. I've noticed that Marco Cecchinato, who once made a semifinal of a Grand Slam, was it um, Roland Garros? Yeah, it was the French. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, he's been winning a few matches. Uh I feel so. Uh, you know, I felt I, I feel sorry for Marco because he 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 did that and then he did nothing else. He, <laughs> he got to the heights of you know of semifinals and then just seems to always lose. Um, yeah, and not a lot else. I just I just noticed um, how apparently in Madrid the women's doubles winners didn't get to speak at the trophy presentation although like the sponsors did 
Um, and then apparently at Rome, they really um, mishandled the trophy presentation for the women's singles. And they had like the winner speaking before the runner up, which never happened. <laughs> Did anyone end up seeing that trophy presentation? No. I, I heard about the Madrid stuff because it, it almost seemed like they were like leaning into like 1960s sexism or something. I mean, they've like long had the whole thing with the ball girls wearing sexy outfits. That's Madrid, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah. And then they were just like, they didn't have trophy ceremonies for the, for the women's doubles, I think, or, um, so yeah, there was a bunch of that kind of nonsense happening, which, you know, it's just like, not, <laughs> not a good look in the year. 2023 no um but yeah now we're at the french open and i am ready to sort of dip dip into some proper tennis watching and um obviously the big news is that nadal is not playing and has announced that he'll next year if he's fit enough he'll play all his favorite tournaments and that'll be his last year uh, you know I mean, I have been well documented with my Rafa dislike, and yet that news is pretty depressing to me. It's like he's just, like, I want to see him get beaten at the French by Alcaraz or Djokovic again. You know, like, I just want to see see him, you know, go out because he's no longer the best. But I don't know. I think part of my, like, I, the reason I don't feel as connected to tennis these days is that I came into it like as a super fan during the big three era, the big four era, I guess, if you want to count Warinka. Um, I don't know. It's just like, it just doesn't feel the same. Like the rivalries haven't gotten there. Like I was looking at the draw today and I'm like, oh, great. There's like a Casper Rude Holgaruna quarter. <laughs> <laughs> they actually have a bit of a bit of rivalry building. So, yeah, yeah. it's true. It's true. And it's like a, a reason that I would like get behind Casper Rude when otherwise I'm not that interested. So, but yeah. you need, you need those reps, right? You, the players need to like actually have the battles and they both have to win. Can't be too one-sided. Um, yeah. The best one going right now, I think is probably Medvedev Tsitsipas. Hmm. That's a real rivalry. They hate each other. <laughs> yeah, I'm always eager to see the handshake at the end. And like Medvedev just beat Tsitsipas on clay. Uh, that was Rome, right? Rome. Yeah. Medved Medvedev won a Masters on yeah. clay, which is <laughs> nuts. <laughs> it's like he just learned how to put a little spin on his crazy shots. Yeah, um, that was unstoppable. No, but I don't know. I, I, I still don't see him going super deep at Roland Garros. Nah, no way. I guess you never know, but yeah, that rivalry is pretty there. good. Like they, I, last summer, I remember Tsitsipas like got him on a hard court and that was pretty exciting, but I you know, it's, it, Steph's my guy. He's like my favorite male player these days, but I always feel kind of let down by him lately. It's like, he just doesn't seem to really win the big matches. Alcaraz owns him. It's just doesn't ever seem competitive. Yeah. Um, Rune has beaten him twice. You know, it's like, I think he's settling into this plateau. And, yeah. you know, it's yeah, it's different okay. with 
with team sports, like I, we've we've been talking a little bit about basketball. Like I really like because the Knicks had a run this year, and it was like for me as a longtime fan, it was just the best and kind of the worst at times. Like I, I actually felt like I was having a heart attack during one of the games. Like I was just so worked <laughs> up about it, so personally invested. But in team sports, you get the change over time. There's always the hope that like the young players will get better and they'll add the right veterans and. The, co- the coach will change things up or something will open up in the league. And with tennis, it's like players seem to find their range. You know, like I'm not hoping that Dennis Shapovalov is suddenly going to become like a Grand Slam champion anymore. It's just like... No, yeah, it's gone for me too, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. I think he's going to play, if he makes it past the first couple of rounds, he's going to play someone big. Could it be Alcaraz? Yeah. Alcaraz has like one of these like tough on paper draws. Like it could be Shapovalov in the third, and I think it could be Felix in the fourth, or maybe like Nori and um, Musetti are both in his section. So there's like some good yeah, clay core players, some guys who have beaten him. So it's it's not a cakewalk, but and it will be Djokovic in the semis for um, Alcaraz, right? Yeah, Tsitsipas in the quarters if if he can get there. So. You know, that's a former finalist. I mean, he's good on clay. You know, if it gets hot, it's it's a lot of challenging matches potentially for, for Alcaraz. And the, the Djokovic matchup, I think everybody wants to see. Like, similar to yeah. the Rafa thing. It's just like, I want to see those guys go at it, best of five. Like, that would be yeah. pretty awesome. Hmm. But yeah, no Rafa. No, he's got, he's on 14, right? That's That's how many of these he's won absurdly that's insane it's ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> he's lost three matches so i guess if all goes well i mean it sounds like he's really had a rough go of it physically he's never been out for this amount of time and he's yeah, gonna it's over yeah that's a shame yeah um, anybody yeah I, I don't know how it's gonna go next year i don't know if he's gonna if, like if he's not able to play competitively i'm not i don't see him going around and just getting crunched in round one every tournament i think he'll just call it but we'll see yeah hopefully you can have something better than that yeah i think i, I like i need to find some new young guys to get behind like i, I was noticing this this kid arthur feast mm. he's an 18 year old french guy he's in a final yeah of, um leon i think yeah against um one of one francisco Sarindolo, who's who's good on clay so we could probably expect the two of them to lose early at roland garros <laughs> with the with the run to the final but uh i haven't seen him play yet i don't know anybody else catching your eye you got any uh any new uh wild card lucky loser picks matt um well I think Leolia Jean Jean. I don't know if she's got a wild card. I think she um, did. She's, she did. Since since it's France, they have like a whole set of them. Yeah, I saw her. I saw her yeah. name in the draw for sure. Oh, good. Okay, yeah. Well, Jean Jean. No matter who she's playing, um, <laughs> uh, I'll be looking forward to seeing her lose. And um, Martina Teresan, actually more of a um, yeah serious pick. Because she could have a run. Hey, on another note, though, Nicholas Hurry has beaten Zverev in the semis of Geneva. Love it. So it's 
that's good for <laughs> the anti-zverevs amongst us which is all, all of us, us. yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like you could say any name beats zverev and i'm like yeah good yeah i think he's headed for like a tfo match in the third round or something if i oh that'd be good. correctly yeah yeah that'd be good yeah, Zverev, I mean, last year he was he was in that insane match with Rafa that went like four and a half hours long before he, you know, messed up his leg and uh, looked like he had a chance yeah, he could to have won beat that. him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was close. So. Yeah. yeah. He was playing surprisingly well that tournament, actually. I was hating it. <laughs> I didn't want him to go out like that, necessarily. Yeah. But... I know. I was going to say it's like karmic retribution, but I don't know. It just, yeah, I don't want to see anybody get hurt. It just, yeah, that was a real bad one. They like still, if you need to pause it on the on the rolling of the ankle, that was a real bad roll. <laughs> yeah, I'm not so filled with uh, hate and darkness in my heart that I actually want to watch that. You know, that would yeah. be a little messed up if I was like that kind of guy. Like. Hey Matt, watch this GIF I made of Zverev rolling his ankle. Gross. So Have it on the loop. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, uh, Marco Cecchinato can get through the first couple of rounds. He's got Van Luca Van Asch from France, whoever that is, in round one, and then oh, actually, so Arthur Fields needed a wild card to get in, and he's playing. Davido, Davidovich Fakina in the first round. And then, so Chekinato will have to beat one of those two to make it to round three. Mm. And then he's got Djokovic. So, yeah, okay. That'll, round three is probably his limit. Novak hasn't really been peak lately, has he? Yeah, no, not really. I, mean, I, think he, are you, I think he got to a semis or a quarter of maybe Rome or something. But, yeah, he hasn't really been peaking. But, yeah. I don't know. Feels like he's got something going on with his elbow or arm or something, but uh, it feels like he's been ramping up a little bit. Quarters in Rome, and then now coming into this might be might be okay. But I don't, I don't have heaps of confidence. I don't have heaps of confidence that he's going to get to the final or anything. I'm not sure. Yeah, I hope, so. I hope at least he gets to Alcaraz. I want that for sure. I mean, and he seems like a guy who knows how to manage his fitness so that he is. Yeah. actually peaking at the slam so uh yeah and i don't think his draw is like particularly nasty so yeah i think he's got an easy entry which is nice yeah necessary oh i have a i have a story from the the tennis world that i've been kind of like mm. keeping an eye on um simona halep and the oh yeah the drug suspension it just keeps going and I think it's like she's like one of the few tennis players I follow on Instagram, like on my personal. And and it's like she writes these like Instagram posts, you know, the kind where they put the text in the image and then you have to read it that way. And she is pissed. And it does sound like she's getting jerked around a bit. Like the ITF is just like keeps putting off her hearing date. And it's, it's been like, dragging for ages now. Yeah, and they they put another. Wasn't there like a second charge, or like a, a new thing that came recently? Yeah, and it's just, I don't know. It just do, that it doesn't. See, something seems off about it, and like yeah. I don't know. I obviously I you know I'm a fan of Halep. I I think she's great. Like I love watching her play, 
she's not the player she used to be, but she was still a factor. And hmm. so, you know, I'm inclined to believe her. Um, and I guess I don't really have a reason to otherwise, but I often just feel like these doping suspensions are kind of nonsense. Like I, you know, Sharapova, I was not a fan of, but the like two years for something that was legal previously, and then suddenly, you know, was on the banned list. I mean, you are breaking a rule, yeah. so I do think there should be a punishment, but like that, that intensity, it's, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. That was harsh. It was like, she'd taken it just past the cutoff where it became illegal or whatever. And then she was just suspended for two years. I was like, okay, well, that's a bit full on. Yeah. And this Halep thing is I haven't been reading the post cause I just like can't be bothered anymore. Like she's been, she's been going a bit crazy with it all. Not crazy, but she's been going a bit like spamming the Instagram with all these new things and getting a bit really worked up about it, which is fair enough because it has been dragging for ages, but I haven't been keeping it on top of it as, as closely as I could. Um, it seems, yeah, it seems like the initial one's been dragging and then they then they brought in a second allegation or something recently and she's just blowing up about it. And Cahill, Darren Cahill originally came out backing her right at the start when she was posted about it. And now, now Moritoglu's come out supporting her, being like, oh, I haven't posted anything because I wanted it to play out, but now it's dragging on. I wanted to come out and support her or whatever. So, yeah, it's getting a bit, bit weird. Um it's really strange that they just haven't made a call one way or the other. Do it. Like, it's, it's, she's not even, she's like suspended while they sort it out, which is so unfair. I think that's so right. unfair. What, what is it that they're taking time to do in order to yeah. get the hearing scheduled? Like, they should be, yeah. you know, this is somebody's life and career. I mean, obviously, she's fine. But at the same time, I mean, these are some of her last years on tour. That's There's it. millions of dollars at stake. And it's just, and it, who is it serving? Like, is it is it protecting yeah. the integrity of the sport? Is it is it helping fans? You know, I mean, we, we went into this whole thing when, like, Zverev attacked the chair in Mexico. And it's like, you know, you stack that on top of the domestic abuse allegations. And, like, the dude gets a suspended sentence and doesn't have to miss a single match. And then like something like this, that's not visible, that's, you know, not clearly, it's not like Halep just won every match for five years straight or something. Like she's just a player on tour. Yeah. Um, just seems crazy to me. Totally out of, yeah. out of line. Yeah. Justice for Simona and discipline for Alexander. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Let's, let's rebalance the scales of justice. You know, I've had my own legal case recently. Really? What's going on there? Yeah. Um, in 2021, there was um, a union car convoy for um, rights for workers during COVID. And because the city was in lockdown and you couldn't move beyond five kilometers of your um, place of residence, we couldn't assemble and have a, a a rally, so we, hey, yeah, we had a car convoy where you know the the protesters were in cars wearing masks, um, and drove around a particular government office in the city. I can't remember which one it was, but anyway, um, the police pulled us over and some of us over and um, gave us fines for breaking the um, restrictions on movement and. We challenged those in some of some of us challenged those fines in court, and 
they were um, dismissed. Ah, well done. We didn't have to pay the... We'd already raised the money, um, $1,000 fines for the $1,000 fines, but um, yeah, they got they got dismissed. Excellent. Nice one. Good one. Yeah. What were the grounds for the dismissal? I don't know, because like, it just got rolled into a... Um, a big case with, and it went to the Supreme Court, and a lot of people were in it, but I didn't have to appear or anything. And I, I think they were just, you know, I, something about it being un, unreasonable. The restrictions were unreasonable, precaution. Like certainly the way we looked at it was that we'd taken precautions. We were in cars, wearing masks, exercising a right to protest, and. Mm. Perhaps it was judged that it was an unnecessary, the public health orders were an unnecessary infringement on people's rights to protest. Yeah. That's good. Congratulations. Is that your first legal victory? Are you one to know? You lost any no, cases? I'm like two and oh at least. <laughs> I had another protest one where the cops tried to manhandle us. It was an it was um an anti racism protest. And they said that I ass- assaulted a police officer. Jesus. But they had no proof because you didn't do it. I take it. Yeah. Or did you... I, I pushed the police officer away. I know. Okay. But anyway. Um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm at least two and I. All right. Good. Like young Rafa at, the, at Roland Garros. Yeah. <laughs> Many more to come. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. Um, uh, there's a fair few Chinese players in the draw this time. There's been a bit of a rise. Yi Bing Wu has been playing well. Yeah, the, uh, is the is Jerry Shang in the draw? He was he was a guy I saw at the Aussie this year who I was like pretty into, young oh, Chinese let's have, kid. Let's have a look. It does feel like there are more Chinese players, kind of. Oh yeah, making waves. Shang qualified. Oh wow, good for him. He got he went through qualifying and he's going to play the Peruvian clay quarter Varillas, hmm. Pablo Varillas, who. Pretty good clay quarter, but that's a winnable match, I would say. And Yi Bing Wu has to play RBA. Uh, hmm. He's beatable on clay. Yeah, he's yeah. not. He's like the odd Spaniard who's definitely better on hard courts and grass, but like, mm. I, I, yeah, I feel and, like with um, RBA, I'm it's always just like form. Yeah. Um, what about what about on the women's side? I mean, is it just like we're just destined for Shviantek, Rabakana or something? Rabak, like they're in that. the same half. Well, they're in the same half, so I think the semi is probably pretty likely. It, it, the women, looking at the women's draw, it's like, ah, oh, it's so open except at the top. Like, it just feels like that. Yeah. The, there's been a real separation lately. Yeah. I hope Sabalenka gets, goes deep again. Well, not again, but goes deep. Andreescu has to play Azarenka in the first round. Yeah, I saw. I got my eye on that one. Yeah, Andreescu not seated at this point, which is a bummer. But she had that terrible injury, right? And 
um like just as you know she, yeah that was rough yeah you were texting about it and i think you yeah saw that was it one live of the rare like rare matches i've been watching live over the last few months and i saw that and it was not good she was she was like hysterical on court she was really in distress like it was really really hard to watch she was screaming and being like not again like screaming and had her hands you know like had her face in her hands immediately just on the baseline and um just really just distraught i think i think she was just scared about what could that could mean for her career or whatever but uh yeah she wheeled off in a wheelchair and oh they're on the on the sitting on court for a long time 15 minutes or something felt like and just she was no one really knew what to do and the commentators are like it's <laughs> just sort of everyone was watching it being like this is horrible what are we watching here yeah it was really really bad She's yeah had a rough rough go of it with the injuries um so i guess it's just good that she's back at all i don't know if there's know, that's really quick for her to be back i thought after that because it looked yeah really bad it actually didn't it's one of those ones that they didn't show a replay and i thought oh that's not good i um, i never saw a replay like the whole time even after she got wheeled off the court in a wheelchair they still didn't show the replay and i was like oh <laughs> we gotta burn the <laughs> so tapes good uh, so good yeah You know, like when Could you? there's one or whatever, when there's a big crash and they just don't show the replay until they make sure the person's not dead. You know that thing? It's like Yeah. you wait half an hour and they check and make sure that the person's still alive and then they'll show the replay. It's like, <laughs> oh. oh, speaking of F1, I I watched uh, the the tennis Netflix. What the hell? What are they calling it? Breakpoint. 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 Yeah, yeah, I guess. We probably chatted about it a little bit. I don't really even know that I want to talk about it because it's kind of mediocre. Is there a Yeah, second well, they just season? actually announced that... No, well, they, they did the first season in two halves. The first half has been out since the start of the year and the second half's coming out and just before Wimbledon. And they just announced the next... the second half episode list. And there's two more with Curios in it, which is a real shame. It's a really disappointing thing. I thought it was just going to be one and done in that first episode, but, like, there's so many better things. I'm not, I don't think I'm even going to watch the second half of it because I just can't be bothered with it, with him and that... Because it wasn't done very well. It wasn't done as good as Drive to Survive. No. And it's so now there's going to be too much, even more curious content. I'm just like, I don't think I'll just have a pass on that whole thing. Yeah. I mean, he he did have his Wimbledon run, so I guess it makes sense that they would potentially highlight that. But that I don't know, it just something about it felt off. I wonder if F1 fans prior to Drive to Survive who were watching it were like, this just totally misses the mark. It doesn't, you know, like, do, do you have any Well, context I think, on that? I think it was, I think there was a bit of that, but I think it was a lot more, I think the F1 one was a lot more effective in bringing in new fans, a lot more effective. Like the sport Yeah. as a whole grew, probably doubled in popularity at least. And, you know, like all the, all the races now are sold out well in advance. Whereas before they, most of them wouldn't even sell out, you know, um and and the production and everything has just gotten gotten massive uh, and it's just drawn so much like more attention whereas tennis it just didn't even move the needle it didn't it feels like it didn't even move the needle in terms of making the sport more popular bringing more eyes to it and selling out things more than they used to it's just it's just it just happened and went and disappeared whereas like with f1 it's sort of like the sport fully fundamentally shifted it's like a pre-netflix Right. post-netflix f1 it's like a fully 
different animal now. Yeah, it's just, and everyone was expecting that to happen with tennis as well. People on Twitter, all the regulars on Twitter, I see that we're all bracing for it. They're like, oh, there's going to be an influx of like morons <laughs> coming down, and it just didn't happen. <laughs> like, <Yeah. no> one cared. <laughs> Which is a shame yeah. for the sport because it would have been cool to it's a really missed opportunity, I think, for them to grow it. But yeah, it it's hard for me to really say how it should have been better. It felt like it was trying to do too many things at once. It's trying to like yeah. explain the, the sport to casuals in a way that's like kind of insulting to anybody who's like even a casual sports fan. Um, you know, they, it's like they couldn't decide whether to focus on the actual tennis or the personalities or the teams or the relationships. And so they just did like, like none of them got below the surface, I think. So it just, yeah, I don't know. And you know, maybe it is the sports just a little harder to capture like that. Cause it's the there's such a broader range of stuff going on in tennis, you know, all the time. Um, whereas with F1, it's like you have this cast of characters because you've only got so many teams and so many drivers, and it's like it's much more elite in that way. Um, right. That's that's where I think the um, you know obviously from a production point of view, it'd be much harder to do. But the interesting thing you know about tennis is the multitude of players, you know, there are more than a hundred um, in men's and women's um, that on any given day can be an interesting story. If they're able to like, you know, be a bit more rolling with that, you know, what's happening, um, you know, rather than stuck like glue to these curious characters and, um, Tom Janovich and Bedosa and I think they know. have to pick. They have to pick. They someone. do. They can't just because then if they, yeah. if they did that, it would just be scattered. It would be just like minuscule little snippets of a hundred people. That would not. I don't think that would be good either. But I think they need someone picking them who knows more about tennis. It feels like it's the it's the production crew maybe is picking the the, the people and they they. They're picking them based on what they think is popular amongst tennis fans and, and things, and it's maybe not the right choices sometimes. Like the Curious one, I think, is not, not the right one to f base your whole series around. Because they, cause they have to, you know, mic them up in the hotels and mic them up around and follow them with cameras. They have to, like, go all in on a few players, but maybe they could spread it wider and then just cut the ones they don't like rather than just putting them up anyway. Or maybe they'll probably do that anyway, to be honest. But mm. um, yeah, uh, they don't, yeah, they don't show the whole thing. They don't show any of the qualifying that the qualifying even exists to get into tournaments. Really? They'd like, that's a whole people that grind it out and qualify and come from the challenges and qualify to get in tournaments. They could just do an episode on that. Not focusing yeah, a on whole show about it about yeah, yeah. those people in, in the in the minor tournaments trying to make it bigger, yeah i think would be very trying to compelling. get one point from winning a tournament to get into qualifying to get into a tournament that could be a, at least an episode to the to focus on that rather than focusing on a one player but yeah but yeah. even the golf one did a better job of it though the golf one's mm. good full swing that's all right huh. i didn't like, watch that yeah that's not bad and they they do the similar thing focus on a couple of players here and there and watch them go through the tournaments but for some reason it works better i don't know why hmm. yeah it's done with a more deft touch i think yeah 
Well, maybe they'll figure it out in time if they bring it back. I don't know if they're talking about doing like a season yeah, two. Yeah, they are. I think they're already. I think it's happening because they have to call it a season in advance, you know, obviously. So they're filming yeah. they're filming this season to show for next year and they are doing it. I don't know who they're following, but it's happening. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. But hopefully yeah. they heard the feedback and just heard the show someone else other than Curios, please, feedback. But then there's also <laughs> the things of like, there's some of the top players like Medvedev and stuff like that. They just choose not to, you know what I mean? Like even in F1, yeah. Max Verstappen, who's the current world champion, he just chose not to let them in. And so right. there's the whole, the, whole, the whole season of it, of where he won it, where there's none, none no one-on-one, no anything close to him because he huh. was just like, no, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and so Medvedev right. and some people like that are just going like, no, thanks. I think that's why Nadal and Djokovic and those people aren't in it because they're just like, like, not for me. I don't care. Stay away from my team. I don't want your camera crew in here just like being around here all the time. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I do have someone, a lucky mm. loser in the women's draw, um, Nao Hobino from Japan. I was following oh, her. Yeah. She lost in the third round and I was, but she was seated. Um, in qualifying seated, so I was hoping enough players would drop out, and she's made it into the main draw. She plays Anna Lena Friedsom, hmm. and then maybe Alexandrova in the second round if she makes it that far. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I wasn't, I like wasn't able to see Lucky Losers because for some reason they only have one L on the draw. It was confusing. It's just me. a loser. Just a loser, yeah, and that's it. That's Not lucky at all. Uh, who who won a title as a lucky loser recently? Was that um, was that Karatsev, or he got to the final? I think Struff maybe. Oh Struf yeah, it was made Struf. a final. I didn't think he won the tournament. No, I think someone beat him, but he got there. For, he got to the final, yeah, as a lucky loser. Right, and he had in qualifying lost to Karatsev, but then faced him in the semifinal uh. and beat him. Which was uh-huh. um, love that pretty wild, yeah. It's pretty cool. That's another one of these guys who've made a major semi, and then it's like, I don't know. I mean, he kind of backed it up for about a year, and then just fell Perfect. off the face of the planet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's been playing well recently, though. He um he had to come through qualifying at the French. He was seated number one in qualifying, and then he's huh. made it. He's just right won on the through. cusp. Yeah, good. Mm. Uh, Lucia Bronzetti has been playing well. Um, and she plays on Schipper in the first round. Hmm. Yeah. What What's happening with Jabir? She's had a pretty bad year, and I don't know if it's is it injury based. Is, do, you, do you have a yeah. sense for that? She was injured. She came back, won a few matches on the hard courts, and then got injured again. Hmm. Um, but yeah, seems like she's she's back. Did she? She made two Slam finals last year, right? was Wimbledon mm. and and the US Open back to back and then and she was like a favorite at the French but lost in the first round. So actually if she gets any kind of run going here it'll be good for her her ranking and momentum. Ostapenko's been playing well. Someone we love to hate. Mm. Yeah, I do love to hate her. She's <laughs> yeah. This is yeah. handshake. Oh yeah. Yeah, the the post match handshake is like almost a given as a one to watch, especially well, particularly when she loses. I don't think she's known for her her grace in winning either. So, um, no, yeah, 
But I love it. I need someone like that. That's who yeah. Breakpoint would be following around. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, break, yeah, she'd be good for Breakpoint. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it seems like they have to maybe just dig a little deeper to find the interesting personalities, right? It's like, because like Curios, look, I mean, I'm not a big Curios fan these days. Oh, we have an urn, we have a guest. <laughs> Hi, Ernie. <laughs> Ernie's You're first blurry. podcast. What's up? <laughs> Who's that? Can you say hi. Who's your favorite player, Ernie? Is it is it Curios? You can hear them now. You can talk to them if you want. Can you say Leolia Jean Jean? Oh, I just realized that uh Trevisan is playing Svitolina in the first round. Like that could be an interesting one. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, Svitolina's, I, I don't know if I've seen her play since she gave birth. She had a child with yeah. Gael. Yeah. I haven't seen her back since that either. Yeah, that could gone. be interesting. Is Gael going to retire? He, He's got a wild I, card into this tournament. Right. Yeah, and I think he was, I don't think he has a favorable matchup. Monfils. Oh, Sebastian Baez, who's a good clay quarter and will make Gael run until he's hunched over. Yeah. Um, mm. And if, if Gael somehow gets through, it's Holger Runa in the second round, who mm. I reluctantly have to admit is a pretty good tennis player. I know. It's like that, isn't it? It's annoying. Yeah. He's stinky. He's stinky, just like Holger Runa. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm going to go make this little boy lunch. All right. It's been a pleasure, Al. Well, great to see you. Have a good one. You still, are you still watching the NBA, Matt? Yeah. After your, after your Grizz went, went south. And then John Morant on Insta again. (laughs) You believe Uh, it? It's really, it, it, it seems, it seems like there's something really bad going on there with him. That's more tragic than like, you know, like, Oh, he's just like some fucked up, you know, punk kid. Like, it seems like there's some depression, alcoholism potentially. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Well, cause then he recently, he made some tweet. I think that was on Twitter. Anyway, like he put some, he had some like, bye yeah. mom, bye dad kind of like, worrying tweets that then they had to do a welfare check on him yeah and it he was just le- he says he was just leaving twitter and the cops are like i guess he's fine but yeah it's um it's a shame he's such an electric f- like fun player and yeah um, he seems like a nice guy too um, except yeah. when he's when he's not beating up on kids and stuff right or waving a gun around and yeah i mean like you could blame the people around him and say like oh he's just got the wrong influences in his life i mean i don't know anything about him really it's just what i hear from the media and you know i know like nobody is sympathetic to the guy who got the like 200 million dollar contract or whatever but you know you just you i want to see him succeed and be healthy and you know, play beautiful basketball. Like he's, as a player, he's a good one. He's, he's a guy that I want to be good in the league. And uh, 
here's hoping that he'll figure it out before things go too far south. Yeah. I think the Grizz, uh, as a whole, you know, Taylor Jenkins and Stephen Adams and some of the people around that team give you the impression that it's quite a wholesome environment. And Hmm. um, they've got rid of Dylan Brooks. Yeah. He wasn't helping with the wholesome image. So, you know, hopefully they'll right the ship because they've still got a very, yeah, good nucleus of a of a contender there. For sure. Yeah. That's, a, that's one of the things with basketball. Things can change so quickly. And it could go, you know, if things don't get right with Ja, like the Grizzlies could be rebuilding in a couple of years, you know. Um, but hopefully they put it together, right the ship, um, you know. Maybe get get another veteran or two in the room to kind of help help keep things stable. I think they really missed um, Adams. Like Adams going out, missing half the season. It really it took him down a notch. Yeah, that was a shame. Yeah, I, I was interested in the Knicks. I was watching the Knicks. Um, they, they had a little run. I know, you know. So if they can build on that next season, then. What do you think they need to do? Any signings that you would make or players you'd release? Yeah, I mean, I think I would mostly roll it back unless there's just an obvious way to improve. The good thing with the Knicks is that they have basically all their picks. They traded this year's pick to get Josh Hart, which really, I think, turned like helped the 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 nucleus of the team solidify. And Jalen Brunson's incredible. I mean, he's one of the best free agent signings like in the history of the franchise. I mean, he that's that's a guy I can I can imagine being like a one of the top two guys on a on a team that wins the championship. Like he's he's that for real. So the question is, who's the number two? Because Randall kind of disappeared in the playoffs. I mean, he was coming back from an injury. Um, the Knicks fans all want to trade him now because, you know, they're just a reactionary like that. But, mm. you know, he's an all NBA player. He has value. I think I'd rather see them move on from Barrett and get a, and like find an upgrade at wing, but that's easier said than done. So we'll see. It's a, they're in a good position. They seem like they're going in the right direction. They're very young and it's the most fun I've had as a Knicks fan and like, basically my adult life <laughs> like you know they were good when i was a teenager and it's been a that long seems, time yeah long time since they've been relevant so i'm at this point i'm just hoping that the heat take out the celtics uh because fuck boston and then i'm all, i'm all in on the nuggets either way like i think the nuggets yeah. are amazing like uh Jokic is i never watched him as much as i've watched him this playoffs and like uh, he's he's unreal. It's like he just like watching the Nuggets. It's like a di- it's like watching a different type of basketball or something. It's the, he's so unusual with his size and his ability, his hands, and they just they're a great team, very well connected. Love Jamal Murray. So yeah, hoping they hoping they take it in the end. Yeah, me too. Yeah, definitely in for the Nuggets. I, with the Knicks, I thought that they could have when they needed some offense in some of those. Last couple of games, they could have thrown the ball to Derrick Rose and said, get us some buckets. 
Yeah, I I feel like Rose, he would only get garbage time and like late in the year and he really didn't look good in garbage time. Like I think he's okay. just shot. Okay. Um I think the thing with the Knicks is that the the heat the heat are just so solid that the Knicks kind of like got taken out of their game. Like Brunson was the only guy who was performing and then it, it's like they they stopped trusting each other and um yeah, I, I mean, they were right there, though. I mean, they were, you know, they had a close game six against the Heat. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think they're not they're not far off. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. It's, it's funny. I remember when when you visited me in Melbourne uh, back in January, like we watched a Nick game and it was just, uh, I was like, oh, I'm so sorry I put you through that. Um, <laughs> it was a terrible game. <laughs> it was just a terrible game. And, and, you're... and, that, and that was also the game where we watched, then we watched um, the Greers and that's where Steven Adams hurt his knee. Was it? I I remember watching the Greers afterwards and being like, I should just spend more time watching this than the Knicks because, they're... but then it seemed like they, kind of, they did hit their tailspin right around then. It was like, ah, I thought, I was going to try to adopt the Grizz, and it just, yeah, it wasn't looking very good for a while. Yeah, but then they, they came back and were even close to getting the number one seed. Yeah, somehow. Somehow. Yeah, they're a good team. Not having Clark or Adams, it just, the lack of size really hurts them against some teams. Yeah, they miss Brandon Clark a lot too in the end. And then Morant was out for a while. I mean, he had a suspension, yeah. and, you know, that, that definitely hurt them, so... Um, and then just, you know, to run into the, uh, you know, the Lakers, the Lakers were another team that just, they were totally different in the second half. Like they were, you know, a legitimately strong team and more, more savvy. You have the seven seeds in the final in the West and the eight seeds in the final in the East. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good though. It's like an era where. I don't remember it being this open. Like it really, you know, even going into the conference finals, it's like I could see any one of these teams winning. You know, I think often in the NBA, some teams just seem to be clearly the the favorites, and it's really, you know, like the Warriors have been lately. It's just so hard to see. But I don't think there is a dominant team quite like that. I mean, Denver could be turning into that, but yeah, it feels like there's there's going to be a chance for some some random teams to win not random but you know like teams that are not dominant in the regular season like the heat i mean the heat were really had a bad regular season the knicks beat them three out of four times i mean it was they were just a mess and then suddenly so i like that i like the the unexpectedness and you know the the unpredictable aspect of basketball it's pretty exciting Absolutely. Well, um, let's keep uh, abreast of both the French Open and the playoffs. All right. Will do. And uh, we'll be back with another episode of the Basketball Bragic. Uh, before you know it, uh, good to see you, Matt. You Thanks too, for Dave. the chat. All right. Thanks a lot, too. Have a good day. The Tennis Tragic thanks you for listening. All correspondence and feedback can be directed to tennistragicpod at gmail.com. 
and our Instagram is at Tennis Tragic Pod.